By the way, I, I, I turned off my camera because I got tired of staring at myself. Um, gotcha. I totally get it. It was yeah. nice. It was really nice seeing you, but I do get that. Because oh, I used to do more uh, on, on a different computer, and I used to have a camera setting sometimes, and I would find myself distracted looking at myself. That's like, what I was oh, God, is say. that what I look like? And they no, see this. and Like, you could video, you could video capture any of my my you know video calls and i'm always like looking down on the in the right corner because i'm just looking at myself and like and then i feel guilt i'm like oh you know it's not that i mean it's it's a whole it's a whole spectrum of of like shame or like god yeah like like you said like is that what i look like and then i'm like oh i look good here oh no i don't look good here you know it's like and then i'm like god i'm being so narcissistic you know and i look I, i like jerk back up and look straight into the camera um, but, uh, yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's, it's funny, you know, we're talking about this like psychedelic, you know, experience and it's like, um, it's an interesting out of body or, you know, being a mirror for another person and all these sorts of, uh, analogies. It's just really interesting how this this technology shows us something aside of ourselves we don't always realize because when i'm out in public i don't and you know like i'm i'm a i mean i've spent the last few years either serving or bartending i mean i've done it for for a long time now but um now that we're coronavirus is over you're not allowed to have bar service anymore so i'm back to serving it's like the only thing we really can do is you have to have like tables spread out and all this sort of stuff right and um yeah, like I don't. I feel like I'm somewhat like aware of how I look, but I'm when I'm actually engaging with a person, I'm really not thinking about. Oh, can they see my, the way my hair looks, or can they anything? But there's something yeah. about having that that little tiny box in the corner that shows you this is what. By the way, this is what you look like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can't turn it off. Yeah. It's crazy. So, I mean, maybe you can, but I've never been able to. Anyway, so I sent you that email. I was thinking about, I just, I was just excited to talk to you. And, and so the days leading up to it, I was, I just, you know, speaking of, as we were talking before, um, these kind of private moments or these, you know, like things that, self-consciousness little little thought games we, that we all play with ourselves um whether it's our appearance or or our behavior and i found myself you know just imagining our conversation and where you know what it what it could what it could be about and because uh, i know it's tech it's it's usually it's usually a much more free form format um but inevitably, I thought about it and figured, why not? We can, we can get into some of that, or we can, you know, I can try to steer the, the conversation that way. And, um, and it occurred to me, it's like, what, is, what does Alan believe in? <laughs> you know, like, in terms of, like, in a very, in a, in a very sincere way, I, I asked that question. And, like, is there... Uh, 
a system, a personal system or framework of beliefs that that you operate under on a daily, you know, from day to day. And what is it? If and um, what's what's about it has evolved the most, and what about it has evolved the least? What is it? What have you stuck with for as long as you've held any beliefs? Um, and how does that um, inform, you know, any any phenomena that you experience moment to moment every day? Yeah, so... It's a big, I know it's a huge... It's a, it's a really big question, and I... I don't know that I have an answer to that. If I'm if I'm real with you, I don't I don't think I can answer that for myself, let alone for you. Um, I have pieces of a puzzle that I feel pretty secure about. Um, yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't need go, to go. be definitive, or I, I mean, sure. No, I know. The, the key to the question is what's changed about it and what's stayed the same. I think that's what's interesting. That's what I'm interested in. Is like, are there things like, what are your earliest memories of being drawn to the type of questions that sinkheads like ourselves like to ask, and what or what what is it that what triggers you any any at any point to say this is resonating with me on those levels and i'm going to dig deeper you know and what i'm just wondering if if you can identify even um specific triggers even though that's now become a political word um but in the more clinical sense um yeah 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 um so Oh, um, I'm sorry if I'm putting you like way too on the spot. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to think like where to even start. So if you want to go like from that idea of like an evolution, um, I assume you do. You must, you know? Um, oh, for sure. For sure. So, um, I think for like most of my you know like teenage years into like first year of college maybe i was just i don't know what teenage you know like you're not thinking about much you're you're well, at least for me i don't feel like i was partic- i i liked to read a lot mm. um so it was like a reader but i was i don't know that i was really processing the I don't know, the philosophies or anything, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was more just... I, I liked I liked exploring uh, worlds. Like, I um, I liked... I could I have a sense of, like, what I liked from, like, a writing style or even, like, watching a movie of, like, a visual style. I had, like, some sense of all that sort of stuff. Um, but it was all more from this sort of, like fantasy not fantasy in the sense of like elves and shit but like um fic- fictional right like i really i really liked fiction mhm um and 
I think even... Oh, you know, so... Um... Okay. Um... That's interesting. I just had a memory of something. Okay, so... Um... Yeah, so uh, let me just, I'll finish along that thought, but I just had like a, yeah. like a me- memory of something like many years earlier, like a very young memory. Mm. Um, Do tell. So if I were to skip back to like, I remember being in elementary school and my brother is a few years older than me, but he was probably still in elementary school or maybe junior high at most. I don't know. Okay. And he was telling me about a story, like basically what somebody was telling him. They were having a conversation about like our Irish ancestry and um, this kid, you know, this is like third hand knowledge. This kid saying like, oh, you know, there's like traditional like black and white magic and then there's these things called red witches. So there's like white witches, black witches, and then there's these things called red witches. And the kids telling my brother that based on our ancestry, we are red witches. And basically, you're in this middle ground that can kind of like steer energy in a certain direction. You're kind of like keep and that you can kind of like steer energy from light or or dark depending as needed. Wow. And I remember it's like because that you're a red witch, that's like it's it's skill set. Right. And no, I've never heard that again in my life. I've never you know, like I've you know, there are other concepts similar to that, but like this like very basic, like three pronged thing i i can't say i've ever heard anything like explicitly that but as a child i heard this and it really stuck with me and i remember that when i hit junior high i would i tried experimenting with this magic like with that idea, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, basically, like, could I manipulate energy? Okay. And I would like practice visualizing. Okay, let's say I'm walking on the street, and there's like a. I see someone, you know, kind of like hunched over walking slowly. Could I like feed them energy and like keep focusing on them till I found they sort of like lifted their back a little more and like quickened their pace? And who knows? Maybe they're like this kid's staring at me and I'm going to walk away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but I was having like success at least like these, you know, visual sort of indicators of success. I remember practicing of pulling energy out of light, uh, streetlights. Mm-hmm. And the streetlights would start flickering like crazy. Uh-huh. Um, 
And I had like just like a handful of friends that I would sort of like tell this to, and we would try different things. And it was like one summer that I really experimented with that, and then I don't know, it was just something I forgot about. Yeah. Until like right now. Um, wow. Awesome. Uh, so I guess like earliest sort of playing with some of these ideas would be that. Um, Do you remember how old you would would have been when you heard this Red Witches? So I feel like I would have heard this story in elementary school was my best guess. And then I what I remember the I remember the the experiments more vividly was junior high school because mm-hmm. I remember it was like hanging out with some friends you know like summertime hey we're just like hanging out at night talking and somehow this kind of topic comes up and one of them saying like oh well you should if that's true you should try it you know like and right so that was i remember there was some years between hearing this story and Uh then actually trying to do something with it yeah interesting um yeah um but so, I, so that was that was a tangent from uh, of something you just remembered for the first time, yeah, in, in a long time. Um, and but before that, you were talking about. I think I was just a kid that was like you know I mean I'm just like your average sort of you know white kid in America that's like what's important is like you know girls and you know music and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, I don't think I was thinking too deeply about most things. Right. Um, I. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I, if... So just to say, like, I, you know, I. I and yeah, and there was no I had no spirituality. I was raised um, kind. So like technically I was raised Roman Catholic. But um, my family, my my mom, uh, my mom might have might have actually been more religious, were it not for. Uh, so my mom was divorced. Like basically, when I I was a god, like a month old when my dad left. Uh-huh. And then my parents get divorced, and then the Catholic Church in 1980 is like, oh well, you're a divorced single mother, you can't. Uh, come to church anymore because you're like dirty and sinful, Jesus. and so uh, my my mom and I had conversations about this when we were younger because I remember asking her like why don't we would go to church like on Christmas and Easter, right? And I'd be like, oh, they do this every Sunday. Why don't we go to that? And she's like, oh, well, because they told me I was you know sinful. And my my mom and I actually had a conversation with this not too long ago because as a kid. I said to my mom, well, that's bullshit. Like, I don't know, I, use the word, I didn't use the word bullshit, but I said, you know, they can't tell you what your relationship to God is. Like, that's not for them to decide. Wow. It's for you to decide. And my mom has spoken to me fairly recently about, like, how that, me saying that to her as a kid, like, really influenced her to, like, I don't know, forgive herself or, or like whatever, you know, like whatever that was trying to, whatever they were trying to project onto her, that uh, her child telling her that was very powerful for her to. I would imagine it would be. That's a pretty powerful thing to say to your mother. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, please. I was gonna, did, do you remember having any opinions about, I guess, um, maybe... The, well, I guess the... Would you say that then at that time, or I guess in your teens into your early 20s, that the scope of your awareness or... or um, or yeah, awareness of, of any type of spiritual or philosophical or metaphysical or whatever, how, whatever you want to, whatever adjective you want to use or religious um, stuff was mostly the kind of the mainstream, I guess. Or yeah, I think American pop culture, which is like quasi-Christian, quasi-pagan. Right. Right. You know, a lot I've you know, read a ton of X-Men comics, so I, you know, have these ideas about the cosmos and you know, <laughs> shit like that from from, okay. from fiction, but um but not so much but I didn't, you know, not grounded in anything. And that's I was gonna say, so like my experience with Catholicism was so I don't know, so limited and I remember I feel like maybe we've had this conversation because you. I think you you were also raised Roman Catholic, right? No, no. Okay. No, I was raised uh, inactive. <laughs> uh, I was baptized Lutheran, Lutheran, and I was confirmed Episcopalian. But that's only because. So, what does confirmed mean in that? It's like Catholic, Catholic light, you know, or it's like liberal Catholicism, basically. But no, uh, I mean, you use the word confirmed. Oh, I was confirmed. Um, it was just a ceremony when I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. I don't even remember what the like what the religious significance of, of it is, but it's just like a, it's a similar step apparently to um, baptism, but later in life. Yeah, so that's funny because that was literally what I was going to say is my biggest spiritual turning point in my life was at a Roman was at my Roman Catholic confirmation ceremony. Okay. And so yeah, you do like, you know, you're a kid, you get baptized, you don't I actually I'm one of the very few people in the world that's been baptized twice. Whoa. Um so when I was when I was uh, a month old, I was supposed to die. I got I'm born with a birth defect in my intestines. Okay. And um, um so they had to do surgery on me as a child. I have a big scar across my stomach. So, oh wow! For my whole life. And um, so basically, I'm this one-month-old baby, and I'm dying, and they're and they and I'm in the hospital, and my mom, I guess, was enough of a you know Catholic or enough of afraid of things that was like, I want my baby to be baptized before he dies, in case he doesn't survive the surgery. So this like monk comes in the middle of the night hospital that was like someone that, I don't know she said it was a monk in like a brown thing and like construction boots walks in and does this baptism in the middle of the night and then um I survived the surgery and then my mom is like oh well I want to actually have the ceremony for like my, you know like do the oh thing where you, you know, have family and all that sort of stuff and the church is like we can't we you already did that and she argued with somebody and and got it um so I guess I got I'm double double blessed, baby. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So then you get so I get that, and then you get like I don't I think the next thing is like communion, 
and you know maybe you're like seven years old or something i don't know and there's yeah. all these there's these different like stages but right. then the confirmation one is that like yeah like 12 years old something like that and it's this thing where they the whole ceremony is like now you're old enough to make a choice for yourself and we want you to say hey are you you really believe all this stuff you're going to be a good catholic you know we told you this as a kid but now you're now you're old enough to answer for yourself and you are confirming that you actually believe these things and it was in the middle of this ceremony that i realized i had never thought about it like you're asking me to agree to things some of these things i had never even thought about like i never even heard so i remember they're like i mean i can picture the ceremony so clearly um it was a really powerful point for me because they, it's like they, everything has like this call and response, and they're like, you know, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and blah, blah, blah you know, and then rises right. on the third day, and all this sort of stuff. And then you're, everyone is supposed to recite back, this I do believe. I, yeah. I think now, and, that, now that I'm hearing all of this, I'm remembering my own confirmation ceremony, and I think it was basically the same. Yeah, so they're like... Jesus died on the crying. Yeah, this I do believe. And then they're like, I believe in the saints, the hierarchy of the saints. And like they say, it's like saints and archangels and some shit like that. And I'm like, what? What is that? <laughs> and I remember just like being in the thing and being like, what? Can I say I believe this? I don't even know what that is. Right. You know? And I'm like, uh, I'm not sure about that and like i just kind of froze and you know you're it's a public thing there's like 50 other kids saying something so no one notices that i'm not saying anything but in my mind i'm having this like really like deep introspection of like wait 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 i don't know what that is like do i do i believe that do i have to make a decision right now right you know and i'm just like i don't know and then they say something about like satan and they're like i believe that satan you know this adversary, like it's going to this whole spiel about Satan, and I was like, I've never thought about Satan before. I don't know that I feel comfortable saying wow. that. And I remember having this, like, it was my first fully, like, independent thought about it is to say, like, no, I'm not going to say I believe this thing that, well, like, they- I, I haven't yet had time to consider. Well, they were right about one thing. Yeah, it's that you were, you were clearly at the age to think for yourself because you just did. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, which is funny because like, whenever I think about it, I'm like, that's too fucking young. Like, that's really unfair to do that to children. Right. Is you're 12 years old. Hey, 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 cool. It's like you know, it's like you're 18 years old. Cool. Decide. You know, you're gonna go to you're you're cool. Um, getting uh fifty thousand dollars into debt for college. Cool. Go go ahead. Yeah, you're you're an adult. You're an adult. You get it. Cool. Make it, make right. that choice. You know, we're telling you you have to, but it's it's your choice. You have to, but it's your choice. You're old enough now. Make that choice, but you have to. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just so that was a really powerful thing for me is to be like, I, I think that at that point I would have started to become what I would consider agnostic, right? Of like, yeah. I just it was at that point that I realized I didn't know, right. and I didn't feel comfortable saying I knew or had an opinion on any of this stuff. 
and I was, and then I think for the next number of years, as I was saying, as a teenager and stuff like that, it didn't matter. It wasn't like now I have to figure out what I think spiritually. I'm just like, no, I, I think you, you guys just do you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, totally. Um. So okay, okay. Yeah. So there's that phase, and then when I guess maybe then what a um what i was essentially asking at the beginning is based on whatever you know whatever thoughts or beliefs you've held uh in the more recent years relatively speaking um i guess throughout your you know or your adulthood um that are you know that brought you into into this this whole community and uh you know drive your curiosity like i guess what is it that's you know what maybe what i'm asking is is what is that what is the fuel of your intellectual and spiritual curiosity that you clearly exhibit having a lot of (laughs) you know if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I think it goes to, um, well, so those two examples I gave are, yeah. are it's really interesting to, to think about it in these terms, are super foundational because when I experimented with magic in junior high school, mm-hmm. I got confirmations, you know, that, that, right. would say, that would seem to say that this was something was really happening. Right. Um, and at the same time, what I was being told was how things worked didn't really fit for me. So on one hand, I'm like having, uh, I'm having this really experiential relationship to a mystery. Yeah. And then someone's going, Hey, we've got the mystery figured out for you. It's this. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Are you referring to the Catholicism? Yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, an, an organized, stru- a structured answer. Yeah. Whatever structured answers I was given didn't seem to fit. Um, but, you know, just to say um, that those two nodes are pretty much, I, have, I think, in a generalized way, would carry over pretty much throughout most of my life. Uh-huh. Because... You say, what fuels me? And it's like, because I know that, like, I have these experiences that are inexplicably real, you know, like having a dream and getting lottery numbers, you know, that are real, you know, and it's like, well, that's a thing. That's a thing that happened to me. I can't pretend it didn't. And it's, 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 of course, going to shape something but all it really does is just it tells me there is something else here there's a mystery here but i don't know what to call it i'm i don't want to call i don't it's not jesus to me you know what i mean like yeah um it's not like uh but it's not you know it's not jehovah or allah either it's not any of these things um i Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, and that, and that's, you know, those are, or I guess the other thing 
I wanted masked to ask in the. Sorry, what? Uh, I said I think I'm I'm just constantly like smacked in the face with the reality, the the fact that this mystery that these there are these strange occurrences are more common than than we talk about in real life like and i think that weirds me out that also fuels me in the sense of like the fact that we can't or don't talk about it right you know if i most people i meet if i try and talk about this stuff it's either like i'm some woo woo weirdo or you know, you, I, I reject science. You know, everyone, everyone likes to play this, especially in modern, modern times. Everyone likes to play this, you know, science-centered atheists. You know, Neil, the Neil, the materialist. Yeah, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson tells them what to think, and that's that's all they need. And yes. Um, yes. And again, like that, that to me is just another dogma of someone saying, hey, I don't, you don't have to think about this shit. I've already got it figured out. I'm a fucking scientist, dude. I've got it figured out. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not talking about like, can, then can you explain this fucking dream to me that I got lottery numbers? Can you do that? Nope. No, they can't. If you're going to tell me, and you're going to tell me that's not real. I'm like, I have, I still have the fucking winning ticket staple to my nothing fucking wall with, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with science science is valid but it's in no sure it's incomplete is the is the thing and yes. that's they're unwilling yeah. they'll admit it if you corner them as if they're if they're true scientists they're um it's their duty to admit that that they're that science is is woefully incomplete and will probably remain uh incomplete always maybe i don't know maybe not um but in terms of its capacity to explain um, so many other, in my opinion, so even more relevant aspects of human experience um, that, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's disappointing when they, when they're so dismissive of other systems, other belief systems, which is what science is essentially, um, uh, they dismiss other belief systems that attempt over, you know, many, many generations to to do just that, explain all of these other parts. Um, it's funny. I've been seeing this meme. So you're asking me about a b- belief. And it's funny because I've recently I've seen this meme going around. It's for lack of a better term, a meme. Okay. It, you know, it's, it's one of those like Facebook more like. It's like so, social politic identity thing. Sure. You know, it's like, yeah. it's this, it's like, uh, on, you know, on this page, we believe that like love is love, you know, and maybe it's like a pride flag. And we believe that, you know, hate is hate. And maybe it's like a no Nazis or something, you know, and we, you know, and so you sort of like call signs and most, most of that, like I'm totally with, yes, you know, like, Sure. Like, so, yes, 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 yes. And then there's, in all the ones I've seen, one of the, like, six catchphrases is, we believe science is real. And it's, it, I'm ha- every time I see that, I'm having the same experience that I had as a 12-year-old 
and confirmation. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, hold on. Let's talk about that. What does that mean to you? Because if science is real means, hey, you know, and you know, I'm just going to, I like to use Neil deGrasse Tyson because he's so like, I don't know, he's not sinister. He's not, you know, he's just. No, just, but he's, he's superior is what he is. Right. So it's just like this idea that, hey, the person who, the, 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 25-year-old kid who's posting this on Facebook, they don't know anything about astrophysics, but they trust that he does. And I trust that he knows about astrophysics. I absolutely trust that he knows about astrophysics. Yes. Absolutely. But I don't think he knows, I don't think he can answer about my, you know, uh, messages and dreams or synchronicity or those sorts of, the things that, if you're just going to dismiss something that you don't understand, or haven't thought, you know, researched would be just as easy, just as reckless as me dismissing astrophysics because I haven't studied it. If I'm like, that ain't real. He's like, yeah, I got a fucking degree in this. Let me tell you something like it's we can build a rocket and fly and blah, blah, blah. Like I know this stuff. Yeah. So I trust, you know, that stuff. But dude, I need you all to fucking trust that I know a little something about this that I've fucking spent a lot of time and energy research you know or like or, or whatever yeah absolutely. Um, well not only that i mean it's you know in many for many things uh, uh, a neil degrasse tyson uh would not even dismiss that these things happen uh he would probably just have his own explanation for what it is that is in my opinion you know either incomplete or just you know, inherently still dismissive in in some way of of it implying something bigger, or you know what I'm saying, like or that or that it's suggesting that there is some kind of spiritual component that is tangible or not tangible but perceptible, I guess. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, precisely, and, and that's. That's why I was saying, like, I've been seeing this, and it's giving me that same gut pause where mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, again, it's this, it's, 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 it's really is like that confirmation. Do you believe love is love? Yes, this I do believe. You know, do, it's like you're supposed to be like, we're all on the same page here. Yeah, and I'm like, sure, sure, sure. And then I'm just like, there's something about that phrase. We believe science is real. It, it tells me. That we've it speaks to that materialist notion that almost is our modern religion mm. of keeping the faith. Right. I believe science. You know, it's like, and again, I I think you and I are. I I, I don't think I have to overexplain this to you. I think you get it. As I said, is it? I do think science is is real, and I do. Yeah. I trust that that man knows a fuck ton about astrophysics. Absolutely. I, right. So, I don't think that's um, even in question. I mean, obviously, like without science, we couldn't even be having this conversation. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. one that's a that's a beautiful example. I mean, modern day processors are living, you know, are proving millions of times a second in uh, in all of the basic laws of quantum mechanics, you know. Um so but 
it's interesting. I just I just watched um, this new documentary about David Bohm. Mm-hmm. Familiar with him? I am. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't aware of how kind of uh, involved he, like he worked with Oppenheimer and Einstein, um, and they loved him until he, you know, went rogue, and then they blackballed him. I had no idea that was his history. Um, but, uh, and that he pursued this thing that he called the implicate order, which is this, um, mirror dimension, I guess, that underlies, that is the, that basically its function is to express the wholeness of the universe in terms of, it is, it is the, the web of interconnectivity that, that binds everything down to the you know subatomic level to the quantum level and astro astro uh astronomical levels um and i mean that's why that's why in my email i said i want to talk about belief systems because ever since i've gotten into this stuff you know you you, you, you if you're if you're you know the way i like to do research is very jazzy you know i kind of imp- i just it's very stream of consciousness i let every peaked peak of curiosity just lead me to the next thing and it's very you know over the over the over the years it's gotten very messy but you know i'm able to relatively navigate through all my notes and stuff but no one else could of course (laughs) but uh inevitably along the way it seems like i'm always encountering a new um and but at the same time, oddly familiar, but with its own idiosyncrasies, a new, very elaborate, very sophisticated belief system, like Kabbalah or Walter Russell or you know some of the all you know some uh, Crowley. Um, you you these all these names are all people you inevitably uh, stumble upon if you're interested in a lot of this stuff. Um, and you know, I, I I seem to operate on a day-to-day basis with this hodgepodge of of all of these different things I've either extracted or from from those um, and integrated into just whatever you know into just this blob of information in my own head. Um, and yeah, I guess that's just to just to kind of keep reiterating the the mega question of the of the evening you know i'm 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 very curious in your pursuits and research and investigations and and obsessions um i i assume you've i mean you, i know for a fact that you've encountered some of these people and many others and um or groups or traditions, or whatever you know, religions, uh, system, belief systems of uh, you name it, science included. You know, um, <clears throat> can I give you an, uh, an example? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Just to say, I I totally sympathize when you say this like amorphous blob of like belief systems that you've taken little bits from. That yeah. that really rings true for me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like so we did our we did our April eleventh ritual. And um, Zach Bauer very kindly, you know, uh, was like, hey, he had just started working with this guy, uh, Lon Milo Duquette, taking one of his courses. 
and um, was like offering to get me some like the, the work material and stuff like that. And it's all for this like really specific ceremonial magic. And he's like, oh, if that's something you're really into. And I'm like, you know, that's not really what I'm into. Um, okay. I don't, I don't, in the sense of like, I don't, I'm cu- curious, yes, to hear what has worked for this person and for his students, sure. But I'm not trying to learn their so, system. Or, or, or their, their specific system or just the larger umbrella of ceremonial magic? Um, more the former than the latter, but a little bit uh-huh. of both. Um, uh-huh. So I'm... I... My magical practices are like deeply personal coming from that hodgepodge. And so here's the thing. Crowley's idea, let's actually start there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Crowley makes this point somewhere that says a lot of the ceremony, the, the fucking, the capes and the fucking incantations and all this stuff, basically the point of a lot of that stuff is to convince the magician that it's real. He okay. said the more, basically, like, the more you believe it or the more, like, confident you are in what you're doing, if you can get into that ecstatic state, the more powerful it will be. Right. So that a lot of the ceremony and the fucking outfits and the whatever are there to try and reinforce that belief system to get you into that state. And for me, I don't need to learn somebody's thing. I need to find what energizes me. So, you know, um, in that sense, like I have, and I'm probably, I think we all have like, I, I think anything that I would do magically, even though I'm not do, I'm not doing that on the regular. I'm just just to let me answer that question because I think after our April 11th thing, I did express to you how like I spent the entire day. I turned that whole day into one long magical ritual, and uh-huh. I did a lot of really specific and explicit things for myself. Um, with my, with myself, with my partner, with you guys, like I really, I had constructed a, a ritual for myself, Uh but they were all things that were exceptionally personal, right? That, that were based on intuition and maybe small little bits here and there having to do with what I've learned from other magicians. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's influence there. But most of it is like this sort of very instinctual, this makes sense to me. Right. Um, and well, I think I, what you're describing, go ahead. I think what you're describing, um, you know, I, I have my own very personal, similar uh, method, I guess. Um, and I think, you know, in a lot of ways, like we're kind of maybe one of the first generations that has had the opportunity to um, 
it's or it's so it's so the idea has of of developing your own personal method or system or or framework whatever you want to call it um i feel like that was a lot more rare in the past with and you do have these you know these exceptions or i mean these examples of how uh, of people who did do that like crowley or or uh, blavatsky or or gurdjieff or you know but they're few and far between in the grand scheme of things but today it's almost like anyone can kind of develop their own personal but very elaborate and uh system whatever you want to call it um and all of you know inevitably is going to be informed by the the traditions of the 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 people that have done it in the past um but that's what's always struck me is like when you when you once you just enter into this world it's it's overwhelming there are so many existing uh schools of thought you know and you just it's like a buffet you know there's an amazing bookstore here that's like been around since i don't know I, I think since the 19th century it's like the oldest esoteric bookshop in uh in london definitely uh if not england um called watkins books and uh you go in there and it's just i mean it's it's like it's amazing on the one hand you know it's just like really impressive the selection that they have from so many different traditions but at the same time, it's like you get almost get like option anxiety. It's just like, what do I, you know, and it's anything you, you decide to focus on is its own massively deep rabbit hole. And there's probably a thousand of them in that store alone. And so it's like. And they're probably all true in their own way. In their own way. Exactly. It, or at least it's to some degree. And. You you also have to think about those these these figures from the past who are who are filling up the shelves in that store. This obviously they've they are their times version or their periods version of these information addicts and read a ton of shit and traveled all over the world. But that was so rare back then. And today, I, I think it's inevitable that um, if you're really serious that anyone can develop this thing and they don't necessarily have to like publish it and start of start a whole society because how could you everybody is individually developing such personal but complex systems that are just informed by so much more accessible information than has ever been true in history that it's almost like you know am i making sense it's like it feels like there's this almost new neo magic kind of potential that exists like on the scale of a, an entire system and, and society or group like Ordo Templo, I can't remember the OTO or whatever, or the Theos, the, you know, something that in the past would have glommed into an entire movement or, or uh, subculture now is just represented by a bunch of individuals, you know, and, each individual has such an elaborate system that it's almost it's it's harder for these types of groups to form in any kind of way where they would go so far as to establish themselves very formally like these groups have in the past. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. I think that's true. I see that um, maybe more, uh, maybe it's more obvious in uh, my political spheres. Yeah. You know, if you ever sure. Oh, to do any, of course. Any, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah, if you try to do any type of like activism work, oh, well, I believe this, 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 but we think this is where this stuff. You know, it's, it's so clearly, you can see why there's seven different or 17 different sects of Christianity even. Right. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I think more and more and more we're at a point where everything is niche. You've talked about this even with like the music industry. Oh, totally. Well, even, I mean, YouTube is, is the best example of that, I think, because now it's it's an actual, you know, decent, if you can succeed on YouTube, you can actually make a decent living. And there's countless examples of people doing this today. And each one of them, I mean, the formula for being a successful YouTuber is really simple. You find a niche that is underrepresented, whatever it is, whether it's making cakes or talking about music or movies or whatever, it doesn't matter, and produce decent content consistently and just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And if you, if you fill that niche, you know, reasonably well, and you and but then the final secret is just the consistency. You have to fucking put shit new shit out at least once a week, and you can't drop off because if you do, you plummet. Your numbers just instantly plummet, and it's really hard to recover. But uh, um, yeah, so I mean, and that's the thing. It's like the 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 accessibility of seeking out anything that you're possibly interested in if you happen to be interested in these subjects that we're interested in i i'm just saying it's like you could you could compare it to what it's like to be any type of uh, creative artist today i mean it's overwhelming i mean if if you happen to have a broad enough curiosity you know it's it's almost like what do I do with all this information? You know, it's like, I don't know. My experience maybe has, has definitely been like that uh, with, with an interest in music over the years. It just, I liked so many different things and sometimes it, it got noisy, <laughs> not, not literally and literally, but um, I just think it's interesting. Like we don't seem instead of having a present day version of someone like Crowley, we have millions or, you know, thousands of them, but with all, all, each of, each of them have their own unique uh, aspect and they're all on their own separate trajectories. You know, I mean, that's been my experience with just meeting more and more people in this community is like, I'm always impressed. Like there's all of this interesting kind of intersection that we share in terms of what we've all, we've read or have been exposed to or talked about with others or whatever. And then there's all of this, the stuff that's outside of the Venn diagram or whatever. And it's like, and that's, and, and that combination of what we, is, we have in common and what uh, is unique about them is just like, it, it's fascinating.
Yeah, it's 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 a double-edged sword of like probably maybe it's harder to build that momentum in the first place, mm-hmm. um, but it allows for um, finer detail. Like think about that, like that, like instead of like one big clump, it's like smaller pieces. In in another way, that's almost like high definition, right? Absolutely. No, that's a really good analogy. Actually, it is like a. It's like it's the resolution of that you know that's out there is so high it's ultra hd you know there's just so much detail that we can um and we can and and we can all be it's like we all are staring or standing on the same super high resolution image and we're all like but we're all focused on different portions of the same picture you know and there's so many pixels that um you know that it just overwhelms sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess once again, to, to circle back to the very beginning, are there, are there specific things or that, that you've encountered or, or, um, from other traditions or or experiences that you've had personally that have that have forged certain beliefs or 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 just maybe not beliefs but like inclinations that may, you know if if it, you know you're maybe technically agnostic about it but you want it to be true um do you know what i mean like and and to 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 zoom out several levels you know i guess in term you know you're very driven in your in your pursuit of of the all of the different um topics that you explore and examine and connect um and so i mean it, there must be a point to all of it and so so and I know that 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 that's probably something that is amorphous, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm really I'm really gonna I'm really I don't, I don't mean to push you, but I'm just I'm I'm I want to hear I want to hear about you know if it's not what you believe, what do you wish it would you know to be true? What do you wish to be true about some of these larger? questions um that's that might be even be i think that that second tack on question might be harder to answer what do i what i wish were true um so i mean as far as like belief system uh, you know i uh, again it is this amalgamation of things would be a little hard to like simplify but you know um there are there are things that so synchronicity as a sign um is important to me but i've also learned the you know the sort of flip side of that is like don't let it just run don't let it run your life right um so like uh you know, last month when my cat was sick and the 
vet kept telling me the cat was fine and I knew the cat wasn't. I knew my cat was dying because of like every synchronicity going on that I was just being bombarded with these any anyway, like I, I I knew from the first day that my cat was dying and it wasn't until the fifth vet visit a month and a half later that they're like, Oh, your cat's dying and I'm like, Yeah, I know. Wow. You know, um, but, but, you know, just like there are things like, um, there are things like that. And then there's other, there've been times in my life where I sort of overly emphasized letting synchronicity sort of make decisions for me. Uh Uh-huh. Um, oh, this, you know. This person just entered my life and they fulfill this archetype or like, you know, they they have this tattoo, which clearly means, you know, whatever. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like, all right, just chill, chill out. Um, So, you know, maybe a a good example is like years ago, I tried talking to a a guy. um, (laughs) This is a back up in New York. And I remember chatting with this guy and maybe I think I was trying to explain to him what I do maybe I hadn't even mentioned to him but anyway he said to me man he was always this guy was always having money troubles he was really bad with money Mm -hmm. and he said to me man you know so I'm home the other day and I see this commercial on TV that says you know you struggling for money you should take out this loan Blah, 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 this, like, you know, I'm, what I'm sure it was some horrible fucking, if they're advertising it like that, I'm sure some horrible fucking contract you're signing. Right. And uh, he's like, so the commercial comes on, and I, I think, you know, oh, maybe that could help, but, but nah, I don't know, that's, I don't, I don't you know, I, I, I hesitated. He's like, and then, as soon as the commercial ended, the same commercial started a second time. He's like, and I took, because to me, that was like a sign that like, that was the right thing to do. So he contacts them and takes out a loan with them for some ridiculous high interest rate and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And because the same commercial ran twice. And now, you know, in one way I feel, whenever I tell that story, I feel a little shitty of like, I don't want to dismiss his intuition. Right. But. Work out for him. I don't know. I don't know how it worked out. He was not a close friend of mine. He was, um, he was literally a guy who would hang out in front of the bodega. Like, I would go and buy a pack of cigarettes, and then, like, I'd smoke a cigarette and talk to this guy, like, every now and then. I don't think he, he never got his shit together. Um, but, you know, he had, like, a really nice car and, uh, was always struggling so I'm sure he took out another loan to pay off his, co- you know, maybe <laughs> whatever, right? Like, again, I, I didn't, I, 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 while I'm not trying to be shitty about that, any, I think anybody can have a magical intuition. That is an example where in my mind, I'm like, hey, man, that's not a synchronicity. You know, right. right. I, I wanted to, I wanted to shout that, but I didn't, I didn't feel it was necessarily my place to say that. Yeah, I wouldn't um, call that a synchronicity either. Right. So, but to say, 
I use that as an example of like I I've done shit like that where I'm like I so want something to be true that I I'll, I'll take a small synchronicity and make it a oh that's confirmation you know right 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 um I, I've definitely had those blind spots in my past and you know probably in my future um, but I try and be much more aware of it at this point um, sure I'm I'm less quick to act on a synchronicity more like let it got let it be like a an indication again you know going back to that sort of red witch idea maybe like let it steer me a little bit of like mm, okay um right but i don't i don't want to i'm a lot less quick to let it make a decision for me um uh-huh. you know even talking like um I remember Doug's told me a story about like when him and his wife were looking to buy a house at some point and the house number was 42 and he was like, oh, well, then clearly it's got this has got to be the house for us. Yeah, you know? I had the exact same experience, not <laughs> number 42, but when we were house hunting, we looked at a place that was a certain num- street number and I was like, oh, oh. you know, um, I actually still think. Uh, my my last two addresses here in London are filled, in my opinion, with symbolism, personal symbolism that seemed to, or, or resonated, you know, in some form for me. Uh, but, but. Uh, well, when we moved last year, my lady was convinced there was a. Was, we we don't own a house; we were renting, but so we were sort of like looking around. We were looking to move and into a bigger place, and we. Uh, I don't remember. The the house the house address was I think like my birthday and the street number was her birthday or something and she's like this has got to be perfect and I'm like this house looks like shit like yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like uh uh-uh. uh I like right. I like I I get what you're saying about the numbers but like I don't I don't want to live here. right <laughs> and yeah. now we're in a place where the number the number the number of this house means nothing to me and I love this house right. Totally, totally. That happens. I mean, I think in my experience, in terms of like doing, you know, dealing with very similar uh, situations where I'm allowing synchronicities to guide my decision making or my choices. um, And I've had I I too have uh, paid sometimes paid too much credence or almost forced them to be you know, like a, like a, a synchronicity confirmation bias kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And, and these days it's more about, I feel like I, there's a scale of magnitude that a synchronicity can have. And I've, I've, and it's my own personal system that, or, or way of measuring it. Right. That, uh, but that's kind of how I, triage incoming synchronicities is just like is it how impactful is it or how you know what's its magnitude what's how, how what is it registering on the richter scale you know in terms of uh just how how impossible how impossible does it feel <laughs> you know like that, mm-hmm. that could happen right in that moment um and because uh, i'll always you know and then i i unpack it and try to interpret it and and because uh, they happen so often now that I'm once you become interested in synchronicity, it just opens the floodgates in a way, you know, um, 
but yeah, I mean, and sometimes they're meant to, they're meant, they're not necessarily a positive or, uh, you know, they're not intended to deliver a positive message. You know, sometimes it's just a neutral, like, flag going up as saying, like, pay attention, you know, but not necessarily assigning a value to it. Um, but, uh, I, yeah. I I 100% agree with that. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So it's like my... I think I... I don't know if I would... I know you've been asking me about belief systems. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's I, the wrong terminology. Yeah, as you say, maybe maybe if I, if I, if I loosen up my, my definition and belief, more of like um, my operating system. There you go. Right? There you go. And, that's, and, a much better, that's a much better term. And my operating system is says like you know puts recognizes synchronicity, but maybe puts a different value on it. Of um, and again, I mean, it's, say when if it's if it's something big enough, if it's big and uh, maybe a really big synchronicity is going to really get my attention. Um, right, right, right. Uh, but you know, just sort of. Synchronicity at this point is a factor in my decision making, um, you know, or my day to day operations. Um, but it is, it is not the only one. And I've, I've, I've let, you know, let some reason, you know, I, and to say it like that implies that I, I, that I wasn't reasonable or whatever. But um, I think you get what I mean. I sure. so like there's a sort of, we so like an evolution. I feel like I've sort of come from this really, even even uh, I could think of it in these terms. So, in the you know mid two thousands, early two thousands, I'm much more conspiratorial, conspiratorial, right? Right. So everything is, for lack of a term, paranoia. Yeah. And then I then I get really introduced to synchronicity, and I get pushed in the sense of pronoia. Right. And um, I think now I've come back somewhere in the middle uh, where um, I I think there is a trap on either side of just as you know, you talk the materialist Neil deGrasse Tyson can is is this materialist reductionist. And then it it sort of doesn't allow for the spiritual well, same as when the spiritual, if it's all about, like, these really lofty ideals, then you're forgetting, um, you know, your, your meat and potatoes, yeah. you know, grounded situation. Um, you know, I, I've known a lot of people who were so, so lofty in their spiritual ideas that they forget, like, oh, you know, but basic shit. I it's mean, you can have... though, that, that's, it's so interesting you, set, you bring that up because... I don't know if you've had this experience, but in my experience, the most depth kind of or the most and and this only seems to happen when I'm in certain states or if I'm, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, But the most I have found that within the mundane, within the meat and potatoes is actually where some of the, the richest spiritual stuff can be found you know in terms of just 
by by almost it's almost as if you you train your momentary perception to uh, strip away any cultural or like just the idea of the mundane is it's like oh this is the boring stuff or this is the you know uh, if you don't necessarily even look at it that way and put it on that value scale it's like oh I'd rather be doing this you know um, and just honor every kind of moment <laughs> whether you're taking out the garbage or you're working on some you're writing some brilliant essay or whatever and at the, and everything in between it's all equal and deserves your focus and your truest uh expression of self at all times you know and it's like i'm the the creative side of that spectrum where i may i am sitting there maybe writing something or in it just doing something creative that's very easy to conjure that state of mind it's very it's on but on the other hand it's very difficult to conjure that state of mind when i'm doing the dishes mm. you know yeah. but there have been a few rare instances where i have been able to conjure that state of mind while i'm doing the dishes or whatever and fuck man those are the things those are the experiences that have stuck with me the most is when i'm doing something total or or you know like I don't know. I'm 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 doing the dishes like I'm w- making art, exactly. as if it's just this creative act or it's this really important thing. I'm just treating the moment, whatever may be filling that moment, it's as sacred as the previous moment and the next one, and so on. You know what I, I mean? I feel like it might have been you. So I I don't. Um, I, I'm the wrong one to to speak to this, but um. Will Morgan kept talking to me about this thing that, that was uh, this guy wrote this book called about flow state. Yeah. And I think you, you knew about that. I feel like it was you that I mentioned it to and you knew about this guy. I've talked like, to you or about like one of your corporation. Like you work for some business that used that. Yes. Right? It was like a semi- it was like a team building seminar talk- learning about flow. Yeah. I didn't actually participate in it, but it happened at my at my job. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, he was talking about this, and it just, whenever I've heard him talk about it is, um, it, it, it really sa- sounds like exactly that, where um, right. You, right. you are, and, and I, I experience this, I'm sure we all experience this at times, like I say, maybe you're composing music, or like, it's, it's, it's more likely to happen like in an artistic sense, on the regular, where you're like, oh, I really found this groove or whatever right and you're like oh okay i'm really digging what i'm doing right now but it is a lot harder when it's like i'm doing this bullshit task and then there are times where it's like oh i can i can actually have that in the mundane and that really does feel incredible it's one of the things i really like about bartending Mm -hmm. is um it's such a it's particularly where i was working but pre-coronavirus, the way that bar worked was like it was just like fast paced, like right. really fast paced, like every, 30 second interactions with each person, you know. Yep. And I'm like, I'm having to like make drinks, talk to you, run your credit card, do all this stuff in 30 seconds while I'm trying to like make a joke or flirt or like do whatever. Right. Like, yeah, I'm doing all these things at the same time. And not always. There's plenty of nights when I'm like 
this fucking sucks and you know it's a job but then right. there would be then but it, i felt like there was something about um the physicality of it yeah and the ver- the the like multitasking of it yeah. that i found of all the jobs i've ever done it was the one that i was most able to get into that flow state with right. where it's like i literally feel like i'm dancing i was like, just i was just about to ask you are there moments when you're you almost feel like you're inhabiting this choreographed piece that you never even knew you you knew how to perform? Exactly, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's and it's and it, and you're hitting every step perfectly and in time and it's and, and like you said, it's like dance. And and that's the and that ties it back to also uh, what I was saying about like or if you're writing a piece of music or doing the dishes there are times when you can just your all of your movements and each and your and your and your consciousness is totally like in tune with your movement and you 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 place everything in the in the right spot and you're using like perfectly efficient motion and there's like nothing is being wasted you know and it's all like this you know this it's like a dance or it's almost as if like you're performing a comp- a composition and every everything every motion has a purpose and it's all just unfolding perfectly and i mean it's 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 funny it's very similar to both like cer- certain uh the goals of of zen state and and taoist uh mentalities um where it's almost it, it's in zen you would that you know like if you were to ask a Zen monk, like, do I need to meditate? Where meaning sit down on a pillow and, you know, close or and for 30 minutes or whatever and be mindful. And they would say, well, you should just be like that all, at all times. You know, it's this this almost meditative state, right? Where you're able to just tap into this kind of meta confidence and just you know, well, it's like get, or it's like surfing. It's like you get on the wave, and it's just and it carries you almost, right? And like he's like we've, we've both said, it's it seems if you were to describe that into the in the context of being in the in in the midst of a creative act, whatever medium it may be in, uh, I think it's easier for most people to relate to what that must be like. But it's when it gets into these other you know, mundane, for lack of a better phrase, types of tasks or just your day-to-day activity, whatever you happen to be doing, wiping your ass, I don't know. Um, uh, for me, it's when I've been able to conjure that in that in, in those uh, situations where, like I said, it's just, um, there seems to be a supernova of synchronistic phenomena that accompany the whole thing. You know, more than in, in, in creative acts. It's like, it's weird. Maybe it's because this feels so foreign to, to inhabit that mind space in, in those situations. I don't know. Right. And do you, I, I, here's, a, I mean, this is a question I don't think either of us could really answer. Yeah. Uh, I wonder for someone who's not an artistic person how because so like, like i can compare you say i'm doing the dishes and it feels like i'm making art yeah. that's a thing that makes sense to me i wonder for someone who doesn't do that 
you know, what is that? I bet they could. I, I, I mean, I'm sure. Could. No, I'm sure they could. I'm, uh, sorry you know? to, to, to say, I'm sure they could. My uh, my question is, I'm sure they do. What is it? Um, uh, the the question I'm asking here is, what does it feel like? So right. In the sense, to us, it feels like it feels like making art. Well, what well, does it feel like to? Well, let me ask you this. I mean, the your story about your experience of really being in the zone while you're attending bar. I can only imagine that that story is probably totally relatable to another bartender that you may or may not know to right. every bartender. Right. I'm sure every bartender can totally relate. Oh man, I can, when I'm in the zone or, you know, look at sports or no, I think you, you've already made your point. So I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I don't dance. And I said, it feels like dancing. And I'm like, well, I right. don't dance. Right. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. You think you just, you already answered the question for me of like, I'm like, well, if you don't do art, but it's like, well, I don't dance, but it feels like dance. So it's like, I'm sure it's this thing where it's like, oh, this thing that I don't normally feel comfortable saying I can do, it feels as if I can actually do it. Right. Right. And that goes back to the, the that magic thing, that Crowleyan thing where I said, oh, the thing is all to convince you that you're able to do it. Maybe I, under normal, if you ask me to like dance to this song, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do that, you know. Yeah. But what? But when I'm, it's my job, and I'm having to do it, then suddenly I can, right? Right. It's this idea of whatever it takes to convince you that you are capable. Right. Yeah, and those experiences that I've had over the years, I, I, I guess if if I were to tell you what. I would want that to mean it's almost like, man, if I, I, I just have these kind of fantasies of like, wow, if I could um, cultivate that skill, you know, or exercise that muscle really well, whatever, however you want to call it, um, to an absolute peak level, that would, I would be able to, I would, I, I would be Neo in the matrix I would, I would i would walk around seeing code everywhere so to speak you know and that's i mean that's just that's the ideal that pops into my mind you know it's like or at least those are the the experiences i've had have suggested that that's the end goal or that's the end game of you know and i haven't necessarily even had much success <laughs> doing that but it, it, it does kind of dangle like a carrot in front of me when i'm when those things happen or looking back on the experiences i've had it's like, man, that's, you know, that's something that I could try to, to do. And what if it could unlock this, you know, or is there some achievable way to unlock in some capacity on a, on a perceptual level at all times, uh, you know, a capacity to kind of see this other dimension, you know, like, whatever it may be and maybe and that's the thing i think maybe that is ultimately what i'm wondering if there's something there's the the what you called the mystery you know there's it's this the, it, something's going on and we all have kind of developed our various um ideas of what that is and some to great de in great detail and some you know less but and so yeah i mean and when I say there must be a point to all of this, that, that's, for me at least, that's kind of like one ideal that I can articulate.
for me personally. And, and, and that's, and that, and being, knowing that so much of what you and I are both interested in intersect in so many ways that inform that ideal, uh, that, that's what's, that's what, um, you know, uh, convinced me or, or inspired me really to, to want to ask you how it works for you, if it does at all, um, in that way and, you know, and, and what informs it for you. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is, I didn't expect to be having this conversation today, but it's good to sort of, I hope that's okay. I mean, I, yes. I know, no, it's not our usual no, I mean, yeah, it's sort of, you know, f- forcing me to, it's, it's, it goes back to that, that confirmation uh, experience of like yeah. asking, well, what do you believe? Right. Uh, it's, it's a healthy thing. I think it's a healthy thing to do from time to time. Absolutely. I um, do it fucking every day. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. To a certain extent, I guess I do that every day, but. Um, well, I like about your operating system uh, analogy. Um, that I think is makes it even more appropriate than belief system is that it's software which is upgraded constantly. Yes. Right. There are patches. Oh, we found exactly. a bug in it. Exactly. And you're always you're always working out the bugs and coming out with version nine point seven or you know whatever Windows ten or Millennium edition or whatever. It's constantly changing. Right. And and that. I think is a better belief is seems more in, you know, carved in stone, I guess, which is why yeah, it's why I was really reluctant and why I went to these like childhood ideas of like religion. Sure. And I'm like, Oh, I don't you know. This is my belief belief. This is like a big thing, you know? And I'm like, but we agree that there's, there is maybe something almost ineffable or that there isn't nearly enough time for you to describe for how it is for you personally. But there's this thing <laughs> Whatever, whatever label we want to put on it, do, that we believe in, is that? Like yeah, yeah. Something, I mean, yeah. The, I, at all. I can say I would feel very comfortable saying I have a belief. Uh, I would even feel comfortable to say I have an awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to, to to take it a step further, I feel like even belief sounds like well, that's my opinion. Right, or something that requires faith. In- right, right, right. I'm like, no, I have an awareness. You have knowledge. I would take it that far to say it is a actual knowledge yeah. of like I have experienced something much bigger than you. Know, I don't know what the like the that Shakespeare quote of like um you know the big there's a bigger world than what's dreamed of in your philosophies. You know, it's like there's a bigger world than it's dreamed of in your philosophies, comma, your science textbooks, comma, your magical grimoires, comma, right. every fucking podcast, comma. Like, exactly. It's still, it's bigger. There's, I have an awareness, uh, an, ex, an experience, something that and to a me has still <laughs> been un, unnamed. Right. But I have no doubt is there exists because I've experienced it right. on such a visceral level. Right. Well, that's, that's great. Cause that kind of, um, I mean, I, that's just, the thing is, of course, I always just almost, I, I assumed it and almost took it for granted, 
but it, it occurred to me that like we've never you know this is interesting stuff i think it is like you said it's healthy to examine from time to time um and uh well so yeah. uh if i may say i don't i don't want to turn this into a political conversation but to say i've been thinking about this a lot lately so i'm working on this fifth episode of uh hindsight mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. and part of that for me is an examination uh, of my sort of political awareness over the years and what has been consistent and what has changed and all those sorts of things. And um, what I found, what I'm somewhat already aware of, but but by really taking the time to examine, I feel even more, uh, you know, sort of in touch with is that like, my political ideals are at their at their root are real are really consistent um or like there there are nodes that carry through and the things that have changed on are maybe like you know economic ideals and stuff like that Th- these different um the methodology of how to go about it uh-huh. has changed over time and continues to be upgraded that that's one of the things that i feel continues to upgrade but i feel like my the moral operating uh core or like the goal of what i why i'm engaging with that at all is the same yeah um so it's like hey this is what i want this is the ideal this is the ideal society that i see or this is the ideal i would want for um freedoms and justice and et cetera, et cetera, right? All the sort of these abstracts. Yeah. I could say, hey, this is, I I have this sort of moral core. And then over the years, I've tried like, oh, maybe if I'm more of a libertarian, does that accentuate this? Is this whatever? It's like, okay, well, this is, this has some blind spots. How do I try over here? Oh, this has some blind spots. But, you know, sort of feeling around these different sects, if you will, again, it's like the splintering, uh, of of ideologies, right? It's we're experiencing that on a macro scale and a yes. micro scale yes. consistently over and over and over again. You yeah. know, in a way, the I I, I can make the argument that a you know a socialist and a libertarian are two sects of the same basic cult. You know, right. Um, and if if you speak to both of them, they're expressing very similar ideals of what they want, of, you know, the, the most freedom and the most um, benefit for the most people and that sort of thing, right? Right. Uh, what they're differentiating is maybe some financials or differentiating some procedures and, and all this sort of stuff. But to say, like, the consistent thing that I see, not just I throughout my years, but that most of the people I am engaged with over the years have all expressed these very same things. Even your, you know, the the, the Trump supporter guy who, 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 oh, you're denying my freedom of speech to say I'm a fucking I love Nazis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in a in a weird way, he's still he's expressing like I hate having my freedoms restricted. Yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> you know, like, so um, there's something I think that that's it's a node that I'm sort of really latching onto as I build this episode is um, 
what is the through line, what are the the common ideals, and and in a way, this cuts through some of the. Again, this is like semantics, but I feel almost like beliefs are the the things we tack on, you know, or um, even like we talk operating systems. Any of any of these phrases, sort of like tacking on to the same. I'm trying if I uh, if I'm trying to run Photoshop on my computer, which is on Windows, and you're trying to run Photoshop on your computer, which is a Mac. And Guillaume's trying to run Photoshop on his, which is a Linux or something. Right. Well, we're, we have three different operating systems, but we're all trying to perform the same, execute the same action. Right. Um, and where is that? To me, that if we're all trying to perform the same action, maybe acknowledging that as the route that is more important than even the operating systems. Sure. 